Worship, worship, worship. We're learning about worship. This is part four of worship. What is it? Um, we have a lot of uh, ideas about what worship is, and we're going to learn more about wor what worship is in this session. Uh, we've learned that the wor uh, definition of worship is to ascribe worth or praise to something, pay homage to reverence, to venerate, uh, to adore, and in regard to worshiping the Lord, it's the creature honoring the creator. And in part one, we learned about what worship is and what it is not. In part two, we learned about the worst worship leader in heaven. We learned about worship in vain and worshiping in spirit and in truth. And last week, we learned about renewing our sense of God's magnificence, which, which always prompts us to worship. Now, we're going to start out in this session by looking at worship in heaven. And you think, well, why in the world is that important? Well, it's important because when uh, Jesus' disciples ask him to teach them how to pray, uh, one of the first things he prayed is he said, um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So uh, Jesus is telling us to pray that His, uh, the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we want the worship in heaven to be the same as it is on, our, the worship on earth to be the same as it is in heaven. So we can learn about how worship should be on earth by looking at the way it is in heaven. So first of all, the worship in heaven is very loud. And I know a lot of people don't like loud worship music, but it's so loud because of the passion and wholeheartedness of the worshipers. In Revelation uh, 7 verse 9, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So worship in heaven, we know from this scripture, is loud. Heaven is a loud place full of the worship of God. The second thing that we learn is that everyone participates. There's unity. There's one heart solely and completely focused on the Lord and worshiping him. The third thing that we learn from this is that worship in heaven is demonstrative. It's not um, like laid back and, and you know, uh, real quiet. It's very demonstrative. The worshipers in heaven are always doing something. They're waving palm branches. They're falling down before the Lord. They're casting their crowns before him. So it's not uh, uh, very passive at all. And the fourth thing is that uh, no one has to push and pull and urge and coerce people to lead in worship. It, uh, people in worship, it's spontaneous. Um, people in heaven are just overflowing in worship. They don't have to be 
nudge, you know, come on now, let's worship God. Come on, sing out. Come on, come on. They don't have to be nudged or urged. Worship in heaven is spontaneous because people's hearts are so full of how good God is to them. And just as a side note, and I've said this before, whenever people say, you know, I didn't get much out of that worship service, what are they really saying? Uh, they're saying that the worship was intended for them, maybe. Uh, what they are inadvertently saying is that um, the worship service was intended for their pleasure and that they were the object of the worship service, not the Lord. And that's really, if you boil it all down, it's just idolatry. And we don't ever want to fall into that category because I know a lot of times we think about, you know, well, they sang the song I liked or, you know, it's the worship leader I like or they had, you know, the bass line that I liked or the drums that I liked. But it, that doesn't have anything to do with real worship of God. So today we're going to talk about what the Bible says about physical demonstrations in worship. And what does that mean? That means what our body actually does when we're worshiping the Lord and what the Bible says about it. In uh, Romans 12.1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So presenting your whole body, lock, stock, and barrel, everything that your body does and, and is to the Lord is actually worship. So uh, there's nothing in your body, nothing that your body does that you should hold back. Everything that your body uh, is and does should belong to the Lord and should be worshiping the Lord. So we present our bodies to the Lord. We give ourselves to God. Um, I just encourage you to offer yourself as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice to God. And we always need to be physically involved in expressing our worship to God. And what, you know, what is on the inside of us, our love for God, our adoration for God, our worship for God should always be manifested on the outside of us. And as I say that, and as I teach about these things, I want to encourage you to never judge anyone else's spirituality by their physical demonstration or outward outward show. Um, you know, we find in the Bible that the Pharisees were experts at this. Um, they were experts at judging people's other people's outward show, and they were experts at making an outward show, but their hearts were rotten on the inside. So we never want to look at anyone except ourselves when we think about worship. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is uh, what the Bible has to say about singing. And that's the thing that we're most familiar about, uh, familiar with. When we think about worship, we, our minds automatically go to singing. And singing is mentioned 300 times in the Bible. And uh, first of all, um, I'll go to Psalm 147.1. It says, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. And you find it all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, just scriptures about singing to the Lord, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, just singing uh, an overflow of your heart, singing to the Lord. John Wesley, who is a minister uh, over 250 years ago, said, sing lustfully and with good courage. 
Beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep, but lift up your voice with strength. So when we're singing to the Lord, we should sing with all of our heart, with all of our might, and just let, let the praises of God pour out of us. As a pastor, Martin Luther back in the 1500s required his church members to come to choir practice so that on Sunday they could sing out in the way that scripture commands and that John Wesley described. And that's one of the reasons that we put our songs on our website and on our Facebook page so that people can be familiar with the, with the songs and sing out with their whole hearts on Sunday morning. And we found, unfortunately, that almost no one ever took advantage of this. <clears throat> and um, to be able to learn the songs and sing them out with their whole heart on Sunday morning. And that just kind of reinforces that the worship team, the worship leaders are there for the people. And and the people are there, you know, just to follow them. But but. Quite the obvious opposite is supposed to happen. The whole congregation is supposed to be ready and be be there to sing out with their whole heart, not just be watching the worship team sing a song. So I just encourage you to invest in your worship time at your church on Sunday mornings. It will really pay off. It will pay off for you and it'll pay off on the whole atmosphere of your church on Sunday mornings. You know, I've loved singing to the Lord since I was born again, back when I was 15 years old. And I lost my voice a year ago and haven't been able to get my singing voice back. And it's a terrible, terrible thing to lose. So if you have a voice to sing, sing out to the Lord. It's so good to sing to the Lord. The second thing that the Bible talks about in praising the Lord and worshiping him is speaking. In Psalm 35, 28, it says, My tongue will speak of your righteousness and of your praises all day long. So not only should we be singing to the Lord, but just speaking his praises all day long. And the third thing is silence. Sometimes uh, the presence of God is just so awesome and so wonderful and so overwhelming that we can worship God just by being silent just by being quiet before him. In Habakkuk 2.20, it says, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. You know, sometimes that's just be a way to be reverent before the Lord, is just to be quiet. Um, the next thing is dancing and leaping. You know, uh, dancing is mentioned 27 times in the Old Testament, but isn't really mentioned in the New Testament. But in the New Testament, leaping is, I'll read you one from the Old Testament. It says, Psalm 149, 3, <clears throat> 3, let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and harp. And then in the New Testament, it says in Luke 6, 22, Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. We hear it's talking about leaping for joy if you're persecuted. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of times we can be so uh, 
so reminded of God's goodness and so touched by his love that we just can't sit still, that we have to just get up and jump up and down and dance around with joy. And um, it's just awesome, awesome to be so filled with joy and so filled with worship that, that we just have to jump up and dance. The next thing, which is the fifth thing, is worshiping the Lord with instruments. In Psalm 50, it says, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the mighty heavens, praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet, praise him with the harp and lyre, praise him with tambourine and dancing, praise him with the strings and flute, praise him with the clash of cymbals, Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So they covered a lot of instruments. I don't think they had as many instruments at that time as we have now, but um, they covered a lot of instruments there. So we use our instruments to worship the Lord, to praise the Lord, to give him honor and praise. So praising the Lord with instruments is an awesome way to worship the Lord. Then um, the sixth thing the Bible talks about in worshiping the Lord and praising him is shouting. Um, that's one thing that some people are very uncomfortable with, but it's mentioned in the Bible. Uh, shouting is mentioned 65 times in the Bible for worshiping the Lord. In Psalm 66, 1, it says, shout um, with joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praises glorious. And sometimes you just have to shout, shout to the Lord, make his praise glorious. You just got to shout it from the rooftops, how wonderful and awesome God is. You In proclaiming God's goodness, you just have to shout it out. Sometimes that's just the thing to do. The seventh thing is lifting your hands. You know, Pastor Terry talked yesterday about lifting up holy hands. And it's an act of submission to God. It's an act of worship to God. It demonstrates that we're lifting up our hearts in love and adoration to the Lord. In Psalm 134, verse 2, it says, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. In Psalm 63, 4, it says, I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. You know, sometimes we see at a rock concert or, or a political rally or things like that, people lifting up their hands to a, a human being, but we never want to do that. We always want to lift up our hands and worship to the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Almighty God. The next thing is that we see in scripture about worshiping the Lord, physical demonstrations is bowing or kneeling. And this just demonstrates that we understand the greatness of God and that we are bowing our heart to him and understanding his greatness and that we um, are not insignificant, but in his, in the light of him, we're insignificant. He's so great and awesome. In Psalm 95, 6, it says, come, let us bow and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. In Nehemiah 8, 6, it says, uh, Ezra praised the Lord. 
the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. And they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Oh, we love the Lord so much that sometimes we just need to kneel down and put our faces on the ground and just honor him and worship him. And sometimes to the point that, that we just actually fall down on the floor and worship him. In Second Chronicles 20, 18, we see people falling down. Jehoshaphat bowed his, with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. And you know, we find in these instances that we talk about in the Bible that the Lord is really touched with our worship and he really honors people who worship him with their whole hearts. And the tenth thing and the last thing I'm going to talk about is um, worshiping the Lord uh, by singing and speaking in other tongues. In Acts 10, verse 44, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came upon all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And in the epistles, it talks about singing in the Spirit and praying in the Spirit. And that's an awesome gift that God has given us to worship the Lord in the Holy Spirit by in speaking and praying and singing in other tongues. So we've covered these 10 things, physical demonstrations that the Lord has given us to worship him. And they're all awesome. It's just wonderful to just give yourself over to the Lord in worship. And um, a lot of times people have a lot of reasons that they come up with why they do not feel comfortable or uh, do not want to worship the Lord in any, any kind of physical way. Um, some reasons that I've come across through people say, well, I just don't feel like it. Uh, what will people think of me? Um, I, my church doesn't do it that way, or I've sinned too much. I'm not worthy. Um, I can't sing. Um, I'll just praise God in my heart and not do anything physically. Um, I've never done it that way before. I'm too embarrassed. It's not my personality. And I just encourage you um, to um, think about that God has told us to do it this way. Holy Scripture tells us to do it this way. And worshiping God like any other thing in God's kingdom requires faith. And faith is obeying God's word, even if we don't feel like it, even if we uh, aren't comfortable with it. It's taking steps to obey God's word and stepping out and um God God just has so many precious promises if we'll step out in faith. And I'll leave this promise from God's word for you. In James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And as you draw near to God in worship, his presence will just fill your heart and fill the place that you're at. And God's word promises that. And so this has been a great time with you. Uh, next time, we're going to talk about our heart attitude of worship, including thankfulness and joy. 
So I look forward to seeing you next week. This has been an awesome time. I trust that you've learned some things. And I just encourage you, if this has helped you in any way or any of our videos have helped you in any way, to just like them and share them on Facebook or YouTube and uh, send us a comment. It really does help us. It encourages us, us and it helps other people when you comment too. So we'll see you next week. We love you all. Bye-bye.